All right. Welcome back. We are here. Took some time off. You're back with episode 20 of What the Puck. Um, for those who can see, first time we're doing a video recording, and also we can see there's a new person. Whoa! A new person. Um, this is Fitzy. He's the going to be the new co-host of the What the Puck podcast. Um, Fitzy, you can introduce yourself as a co-host, not a guest. You're not a guest. You're a co-host. Get it right. All right. <laughs> so I'm the, I'm the new co-host for the What the Puck podcast. My name is uh, Fitzy. Um, if you you obviously don't know me, so I'm not a Rangers fan like like the original co-host. I am a diehard Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So this yes. is going to be a, a real fun podcast. Just you know, from two unbiased to still, unbiased, unbiased opinion. Of, of course, unbiased, definitely mm. unbiased. I, I don't have a favorite team, but it's not the Rangers. But yeah. anyway, we'll change that. I'll, I'll be the I'll be the co-host of, of this podcast, and uh, it, it's going to be real exciting. We have a lot of exciting ideas and uh content you know coming coming out uh we obviously now have two brains we, we, we doubled our brain power so it'll be it'll be even better well going forward <laughs> i think uh we might as well start with the, today's episode um didn't did did we just have a, a stanley cup go by hmm I don't know. That, that, that might have been last year. I'm, oh. not, I'm not sure if that was last year. Oh, well, I, I, well, I think one just happened. We might want to take a look into that. Um, ladies and gents, we have a new uh, Stanley Cup champion. That is the Colorado Avalanche. No more of the Lightning. They're, I don't want to say their dynasty's over, but the Colorado Avalanche are the new Stanley Cup champions. Congratulations to all of them. They took home the glory this year. Swan, do you want to give a quick rundown? Um, yeah. So Colorado Avalanche won their first Stanley Cup since 2001. Um, it's, it's long, in my opinion, I think it was long overdue for them. They, they've had an amazingly talented roster for, oh, for many years to come. Um, I can give you the exact way the series went down. We can go. Why not? We can go right over here. Just in case you live under, you've been living under a rock um, and haven't been following. Me, no. No. Patrick Starr, no. no. He's been living under a rock, but uh, I don't think any of us we don't, I don't think we live in Bikini Bottom, but go ahead. Give us the quick rundown. Quick rundown. Game one, Avalanche uh, win at home against the Lightning, obviously, in overtime. Very exciting game. I think Bert that was Kofsky, one of the, the, overtime one of the key games of the series. And then game two, Avalanche absolutely thrashed the Lightning. Touchdown, Scored right? a touchdown on them. Yep. Exactly. 7-0. Absolutely embarrassing for the Lightning. Mm-hmm. Lightning fight back in game three, though. Win 6-2. Show that they're not absolutely garbage. Game four, Avalanche take that one in a in deciding uh, fashion. 3-2 in overtime against the Lightning. Mm. Game five. I hope there's Lightning no controversy. Win three two against the Avalanche, and then Game Six, the deciding, the deciding game of the series, Avalanche beat the Lightning two to one. And there's your Stanley Cup. But obviously, we're gonna go into a lot deeper analysis. Um, okay. Now I watched almost every single game in some sort of capacity or fashion, and I'm gonna say that. One, number one, it was a great series. Very, uh, I feel especially at the end, a lot more emotion happened. But mm-hmm. we have an issue. We have a big issue. And it's not with the Avalanche, and it's not with the Lightning. So, if that leaves those two, I think uh, there's only one other uh, type of person on the ice at all times. The referees, oh, yeah, the... Uh, Damn it, I thought you were going to say the ice girls, man. No. Come on, they're, they're, they're a big issue, if you know what I'm saying. No, the no, they, uh, I, I'm i for ice girls, okay? <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. Um, olay, olay, but, um, yeah. So, here's my issue with it, right? We, there's, and I guess I've been preaching this since round one, since our teams faced off in the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. we, uh, and then we had a, we had a personal debate, I remember, about game one of the Rangers-Penguins. With the Capo uh, Caco goal, and we we might agree to disagree, but here's here's my issue with refereeing um, in the current uh, NHL. There's really no consistency, and there's no like 
there, there's no clear definition of the rules. And I'll give you the example of the controversies here. So, game four was the Nazem Kadri uh, comeback hero goal. You know, he dealt with all that shit in St. Louis that he took care of yep. um, after the incident with Bennington. And, I, and believe me, I'm happy for him. He, he was a scrutinized player that proved everyone wrong. So, congratulations to him. Um, I don't know if you saw his little uh, post-game interview. On the ice? I have not. <laughs> oh, you, you missed it. Wow. I'm very shocked, actually. Um, I think he basically said, screw you to all the haters. <laughs> he said it on ESPN. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Yes, okay. yes, I saw, yes. I, I, saw, I saw the Twitter part of mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and then, uh, so Nazim the Dream, he won it. But if anyone uh, goes back and looks at the actual goal, there was actually six players on the ice. And yep. now, here's... Okay, so I don't... I don't... The reason I, I'm frustrated with it, not because it anything to do with the play, but because it's a non... A too many men on the ice is a non-reviewable play, which doesn't make any sense because you usually get... Pet, like, it's very hard to miss a too many men on the ice because oh, yeah. you can clearly see that there might be six... Pl- like, you might not see it right away, but it'll give it, like, 10, 15 seconds if you're a referee, mm-hmm. maybe 20, and you can clearly see that there's you know, tw- like, two, like an, an extra player, and the arm should go up. It should be an automatic penalty. Yeah. It's a rule. It's part mm-hmm. of the game. I, I have no problem with the rule. But the, the fact that it, it, it can't be called back because it's a non-reviewable play is kind of ridiculous to me. And I think it did cost Tampa one game at home. And who knows? Maybe the series would be different. Maybe we would have gone to Game 7 um, maybe, maybe the Lightning would, would win. I'm not saying that they would, but you don't know stuff like that. But don't worry, this doesn't just... I'm not favoring uh, Tampa here because the game before that, game three, I think Colorado took an early lead in that one, and then they scored again, but they... There was, they it, had, it was called back because it was offside. I remember... I forgot who scored the goal for Colorado. Um, I just... I, I don't remember that one. Because it was a it was a no goal, so I, I don't remember exactly who put it in the net, but Tampa had like almost two minutes to decide whether they wanted to challenge it, and I'm like, why do you get two? Right. You, you shouldn't get two minutes. You should get you know thirty, forty like seconds. Thirty seconds, exactly. Like thirty seconds to be about. So, uh, and then they decided to review it. So, I don't know what a I don't know the uh, the consistency factor. Um, for the uh, refs, and and that's my issue with it, and I, and I think mm-hmm. I don't think it was just the the cup final. I think it was the entire playoffs. Like I, I thought there was bad yeah. officiating like throughout most of it. Um, I think there were definitely plenty of controversial calls that have that have could have either been reviewed or there just needs to be some sort of logical review step. I think because some of these calls. I understand, like, hockey is a very fast-paced game. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's fastest-paced game on Earth, probably. Right. But if there's a call, like, too many men on the ice, that's an easy call. Anybody with two eyes can, can so see. Would you, can so would you... One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you like, care that it... Do you, do you... Would you... Are you the person that wants the rules to be followed or as long as it doesn't affect the play? Because I think that's what I the think, NHL has to, like, figure out. I think there's not that there should be a clear cut way, like not oh if it, it impacts the play or if it should be like strict. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's more of just make either one of them will work. Like just okay. the, the refs need to be on the same page. The players and the coaches need to know what what to expect from refs mm-hmm. in games. That's right. So they need to know what calls can be reviewed, how long they can review it for, um, and if if thing like things that should be challenged. Like things that aren't challenged right now should be challengeable. Like you said, the off, not the offside. The too many men. Well, the offside should be should be challenged. Yeah. And was challenged. Obviously, offside should be challenged. But the, the too many men on the ice should one hundred percent be uh, reviewable. Yeah. A reviewable call. Mm-hmm. Like without a doubt, if you know, if you count six men and maybe the rest don't see it, like the first five seconds, make it reviewable and. If it impacts the play, it impacts the play, you know, call or, it back. If it doesn't impact the play, if both teams know that too many men on the ice will result in a penalty, mm-hmm. then it won't, you know, it'll happen less and the game will just be cleaned up in general. So there will be less controversy in these games. And and so you know what I think 
could happen because I was trying to think like, okay, what sport really does this good or is well, I'm not saying has great officiating because you can I guess you can nitpick every single sport with officiating whether it's umpires, referees, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and I and I look at like what sport that I see could probably be most comparable to in this case, in this case and I say football, and I say mm-hmm. and there's something I really like the NFL do, does now. Every remember this every scoring play is reviewable. It's not a challenge. Exactly. It's not a you know, a cost, like, if you want to, if you want to challenge something that they, maybe they say, fine, go for it, but at least every scoring play in the NFL is reviewable, right. of, of some sort, maybe every scoring play in the NHL, I'm just throwing out an idea, could be reviewable, whether mm-hmm. it's, whether it's the, the goalie interference, because that's a major question mark, too, I, I no one knows right. what goalie interference is anymore, the offsides, too many men, um, it may be a high stick, like, right. like that, that stuff that could all be reviewable, but why don't we just make every scoring play reviewable? I think, and right. you, you could keep the coaches challenge too, because the, the NFL does it. They, they throw out the red flag when they don't like seeing something on a play. Um, I know it's, it's not as fast paced, but so I guess it's more time to see everything, but it's just an right. idea because there's too many series where, you know, you could say, Oh, um, you know, that shouldn't have happened. Uh, like the, the Calgary, uh, um, Edmondson series. I remember, I forgot who it was that was skating. Um, it was one of the Calgary players. I, c- I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it, it was the, the no goal call back because they said it was a kicking motion, but some people said it wasn't. Or, right. So it's just, it's too many right. series where it's, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, and, and then the penalty calls, um, I don't want to, I think they were okay for the Stanley Cup. I feel <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think there was a team with a clear advantage. Maybe the numbers will show me different, but I didn't feel like the ice tilted any any sort of way. But um that's my number one concern with the uh, playoffs going forward. Um <clears throat> unless you want to elaborate on more, I guess we could maybe go into the series a little, the actual teams. Um that, that's up to you. I mean, we can we can go into the teams if you'd like. Just if you if you'd like to give just a rundown of why this series was important for both of the teams, I think well, I think our viewers and our wanna, audience would love that. I think let's go. Let's start with the losing team here because I think we're gonna definitely praise the Avs. But let, let's start with the uh, Lightning. Okay, well, unfortunately, the Lightning Don- dynasty um, is not. Uh, well, I don't want to say it's over. It's two and three years. If they if they were to win it next year, the year after that, it'd be three or four years, four or five years. But um, I I want to say that uh, let, let, let's let's start with them. First off, they I don't feel like they – there was only one really bad game, and that was game two when they uh, got killed. It, it, yeah. was just, it was just a bad night for them. Um, but, you know, I, I will say this. They, the good news going for them is I don't think uh, – people realize but when you have the best goalie in the world at the moment with Vasilevsky you have his his numbers uh, are ridiculous in playoffs and it's it's kind of a little sca- uh, <laughs> I, I have his playoff stats in front of me he's played 104 games in playoffs right right started 99 of them he has 63 wins he's his goals against is 2.3 and his save percentage is uh, 9.23 which is amazing. Now, this series, um, this series, he had. I'd say that it was the bad game that in game two. That was the only bad game I say he really, really had. Other than that, he was phenomenal. I think he. I. I thought Tampa had the goalie matchup, and I still think they do. Um, mm-hmm. j- just because this guy can bail you out at any time. He. He made. I. I'd say Colorado definitely has the edge, five on five play. Just because they're the more fast team, not that Tampa's not fast or anything, but um, I think Colorado definitely had that edge. But they, the Lightning, definitely had the goalie matchup in their favor, um, and you know, I I don't think that uh, I don't I don't think that there is there's really there's really nothing you can do when you just face a better team. Um, 
you could just you could hope that your goalie can bail you out, but um, there sometimes you just run up at, to a superior team and and your goalie can't save you. That's it's not the end of the world. They they still have two and three years like, and and they Correct. lost in the Stanley Cup, so still very impressive. And I think that the only reason why that like any if any other team. I, I, in my opinion, plays the Avalanche, uh, then that 7-0 game two can happen three or four times easily mm-hmm. to, to any other team. That's like you, you just you just look at all the teams in the East, and it's just any other team is guaranteed at least at least three of those mm-hmm. against that that Avalanche team. So I think Vasilevsky did his job. He did a phenomenal job against an, an amazing team. I think the best. Going into the season, I think the Avalanche were the favorite, one of the favorites to win the cup. Yeah, I, th- so, I, I think they were the favorites coming out of the West. I don't think anyone was saying. I think everyone was saying that since since the season started. Exactly. I think that was a so lot of teams' just, picks. So it's not, it's nothing, but it's not like Tampa was embarrassed by this underdog right. team or like a uh, a team that came out of nowhere. Like t- right. Tampa was very well, in my opinion, the underdog in the series and. They took him to yeah. six, but it, it sadly wasn't enough um, to do so. Right. So, what are you going to do? Like I said, I think Vasilevsky's definitely the better goalie um, mm-hmm. compared to Darcy Kemper. Because I, I feel, okay, so I feel Vasilevsky's this elite goalie. It's He's in the tier of, it, you can talk about the top goalies in the game. It's him, Shostarkin. Um, you could throw UC Saros in there. You can throw Markstrom had a great year. Just trying to think of the elite, of the elite tier. Um, There's less of that A one elite tier. He, he's uh, definitely he's, he's in the A one tier. He's definitely bleeding that. Yeah, I Vasilevsky I would say he's I would say he's the top guy right now just because he's in the middle of his prime and he just he 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 what I don't know if you've seen it but he was pissed like after the loss yeah. he was not he was his, his little tantrum in, in the tunnel. I did see right. that. Which you know, at least at least he threw at least he threw it off the ice instead of on the right. ice like his teammate uh, Kucherov. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you've yeah. seen that video, yeah. but um, mm-hmm. there was a uh, there's the video. I think it was like thirty seconds left in Game Seven, and he's like frustrated. Like I don't know, it's mm-hmm. like a NHL video game glitch where he he, he couldn't get on the bench, or like mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> he he just looked very frustrated, and like, yeah. There were 30 that's seconds what, left. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. That's what the Avalanche will do to you. They'll, they'll, they'll get any team frustrated, any star player frustrated, mm-hmm. just because they're, they're that good of a team. Mm-hmm. So, congrats and, to, and compared to, to the Lightning. Compared to Kemper, um, he held... Do I think he's that A1 tier that Vasilevsky is? No chance in hell. No, Darcy Kemper is not even close to him. But when you have a better team in front of you, you just have to be solid. Like, I know Kemper, he gave up some bad goals. I think he got pulled after game three. Because he, yep. because that that's when the Lightning won their first game, and, and that's when they were really kind of getting the revenge game. But, yep. um, you know, we'll see what it uh, what entails for the future. Um, more from the Lightning. Um, praise to uh, Steven Stamkos. He had a uh, phenomenal series, and I think he or Vasilevsky, if the Lightning were to win, I think it would have been one of them winning the. Uh, Winning the um, what's it called? Oh God, the Conn Smythe. I can't even think. But, uh, for for those who don't know, Stamkos like, uh, it's, it's scary how good he is, considering, that um, considering the injuries he, went through for. Like throughout his career, he had that. I remember the nasty injury he had back in Boston years ago when he when he crashed into the 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 pole of the goalpost and then he and then he had like another surgery like during covid which remember that first cup he, he only played one game right he played right. one he played one game he scored two goals and then he, he just couldn't play because he was he was that banged up but um i got i'm trying to pull up uh how stammer did for the entire playoffs because i know he had a big playoff run and what's so lethal is his one timer on the power play it might be the best shot, one of the best shots in the game. Still, um, he had this right. this playoff run. He had nineteen points in twenty three games, so almost point a game and eleven goals. So nothing to uh, right. definitely nothing to uh, scoff at because 
like I said, and and he quietly had a hundred points, hundred six points this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not like he didn't. Uh, he he didn't. Um, he, he it's not like he didn't show up. Like he, he's their he's their captain for a reason, and he and he's probably their best forward. Maybe I would I would have said Kucherov, but sometimes he just is like. He's great, but when yeah. he's not great, it's like it's invisibility. But Stamkos to me is their best forward, um, mm-hmm. and I ju- it I it was a little heartbreaking to see him not win again, just because I, I always root for the players with the big injuries that come back. But sometimes, um, sometimes you just don't win them all. But like I said, he he put up uh, phenomenal uh, numbers, and I think he I think he's gonna be poised to have another great year. Maybe maybe another quietly great year because I don't think um, any anyone ever gave him consideration for the uh, uh, MVP voting. I don't have the voting in front of me. Um, we might talk about that a different day, but um, he he re- he really was the Lightning's best uh, forward in my opinion on the ice at all times. Mm. Um, but I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um. I guess we could talk about the scrums that were happening, um, because there's we have someone that made history though in a lot of these scrums, a Mr. Corey Perry, and we call it the uh, Stanley Cup hat trick. The only player to have gone to three Stanley Cups with three different teams, and he lost all of them. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That's it's, amazing. It's, that's gotta be heartbreaking for that. Now guy. he's he's what's it called? He's won a cup before back in Anaheim, so it's not like right. he's never won anything. Let's get something straight here. Right. And it's not like this guy is chopped liver. I think he, I'm pretty sure he's got, right. he's, he has over 400 goals in his career. So we're not saying he's a bad player, but it's, it must, I have not, could you imagine just going to like three finals in any sport, right? Whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, you go to three straight finals and you don't win anything. Like if, if I were yeah. to tell you, Swan, if you're a professional athlete in in football, you go to three Super Bowls. I'm not going to tell you what happens. Do you think you're going to lose all three of them? I think that there's a very slim, if you're just doing it from a probability yeah, standpoint. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not saying like, you're a you bit. Have, like you've got at least one. You know, you can't go over for three. Yeah. Right? Like. That's the mindset you gotta have. You can't go over three. We'll see. We'll see or where you don't we'll, want to. Like we'll, you really don't want to. We'll see where he uh, signs next, um, and let's see because that's that's gonna be my prediction. Wherever he signs, I'm gonna say that team loses next year in the cup final. <laughs> so I'm just gonna be losing the Stanley Cup. I'm just gonna be waiting for the Corey Perry signing, and I'm like, oh, you guys are losing next. <laughs> oh man. Although gotta be a, you know. He's a great player. I mm-hmm. think he's past his prime. Still really good. Well, he had he had I, a few he had a few incidences. Ugh, I I think I said that right. Incidences yeah. where he was he was in uh, some scrums. Um, I thought there was gonna be a, maybe a one game suspension for him. I don't know. They didn't give him anything, but it's when he was in a scrum. It was with Comfort on the abs, mm-hmm. and he I don't know if you saw the video, but he like stepped on his leg intentionally. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what a dick yeah. move that from that's a really dick move. And then um he had more antics with the goalie, I think in game six, he knocked over the water bottle. He's a real yeah, he's a really funny. he's a real <laughs> pest out there. Like and, and he's like he's always around the front of the net. He's always trying to um He's always trying to bother the opposing players. Yeah. And I think that's why he fit really well this year with Tampa. Um mm-hmm. And he's, he's definitely not the reason they lost. I, right. I, I'm going to focus on that next. I think the reason Tampa lost this year, I I really think they missed Braden Point because he wasn't healthy yeah. the whole playoff run. And I really think that hurt their um, depth down the middle. Not that, not that they don't have, like, good depth, but when you lose, like, your second line or first line, or whatever you want to call them, because it's, like, him and Stamkos, 1A, 1B, when you lose one of those guys, it, it really takes a toll. Like, you think of it, like, they they're fine, they were fine on the wings. Their defensive core was pretty much intact. They, they didn't really have, um, they didn't really have, I, I guess, like, it looked bad, but that's just because Colorado was faster. But 
when you don't have the, the speed of the forwards compared to the other speed of your forwards, it really is like a, you know, most you're, you're going to be finding yourself mostly in your own zone trying to like, you know, play catch up. And, and it's just, it's not a recipe for a success. Because Colorado's a really possession-driven team. They really do keep the puck exactly. alive. And they're, they're a very fast team. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, I wouldn't say like completely young, but they're, they are significantly younger than the, uh, than the lightning. And in order to match their, their firepower on offense, mm-hmm. they're, they're all stars on offense. You have to have fire of your own. And I don't think, you know, missing point was, was a big, big blow for, for the lightning just because point was one of those guys that would bring speed to your team. Mm-hmm. And without, without that speed to match out the avalanche, you're, you're just, Coming, you're, you're fighting with, with one glove off, you know. That's like you you have one. You can fight with one fist, but you can't fight with a glove on. You know what I mean? No, no I I completely understand what you uh, mean on that. Um, but anyway, speaking of uh, speed, I guess we might as well congratulate the Con Smythe winner, and I think he's the biggest reason why Colorado won the series, and that is to go to Kale McCarr. Um, I think it was twenty nine points in. 20 games for him because remember Colorado they swept the Oilers and uh and Nashville in this in this year so throughout the uh playoff they only played 20 games he had 29 points I I I don't remember the last defenseman to win the uh Conn Smythe was it uh I don't remember anyone doing it in the past decade I know Brian Leach did it back of the Rangers. I don't know if anyone did it after him. Maybe Lidstrom did, but I, I'm not too sure. I don't think he did. I don't think it was him. But, um, you know, it, with Kale McCarr, he, I, I, he's the only player to win the Holby Baker, the, the Norris, at Stanley Cup, and the Conn Smythe. And he's only 23 years old. Like, people forget how young he is. Like, he's, yeah. he's literally the next great one. Um, mm-hmm. It's... He's he like I said with Vasilevsky being the one A goalie like he he is in the tier one but he's one A like Makar's the best he's in the category with him, Hedman, Fox, um, Romagnosi, uh, McAvoy like he's in that elite tier and it makes sense why we're seeing so many elite players it's the Stanley Cup obviously there's gonna be some greatness there but um. Kudos to him for uh, he took he he took. Could you imagine winning like the Norris, the Conn Smythe, and Stanley Cup in like a week span, or not even? That's crazy. That's a that's a you gotta uh, clear out some space at home for for your awards. Yeah, man. no, you gotta clear out some space. Yeah, right, that's right crazy. next to his uh, Holby Baker awards. Um, right, but he's so. I think it's oh so here I have the list in front of me because I did see this in a tweet. So mm. this defenseman. To win the Norris and the Conn Smythe in the same year. I was actually right on winning the Norris Best Defenseman Award and the Conn Smythe in the same exact year. Mm-hmm. It's now Bobby Orr, Nick Lidstrom, and Kale McCarr. That's it. After that, it's the only three to do it. Which, I mean, he's it, he's he's a he's a walking highlight reel. He he really yeah. is and. I think he's just. I think it's just so. It you, you think of Colorado, they're so fast with guys like McKinnon, and Rantanen, and and, and then you you have all their forwards like all the speed guys on the bottom like Helm, uh, O'Connor is pretty fast out on the ice. Kadri's um, got good speed, and then you're like, huh? How how come they get the qu- uh, puck so quickly? Well, <laughs> when you have, uh, it makes it easy for those forwards that you when you when you when you have a really fast defenseman like that. To give you some space, um, to do do basically give you more time. Like he really does make the game easier for his teammates, and and his IQ is off the charts too. Like he he just makes the right play almost every time. I'd say. Exactly, and I think uh, a player, um, an unbiased player. I I wouldn't say unbiased player that comes to mind is a younger Pittsburgh Penguins team and Chris Letang. I mean, he just he just feeds his forwards. He knows how to control the game. He, if there's ever an issue where his he might he, he might he might not have been as fast, but I I agree with the the exactly uh, exactly. Yeah, the team was not as fast as 
as Makar is mm-hmm. right now. And he doesn't have he didn't have exactly the same impact. Like obviously he didn't win win a cup or win all these awards at twenty three. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they have very similar impacts on their teams where they know how to control games and they are he, I think Kim McCarr basically plays like the veteran out there. Even though he's twenty three, he plays very intelligent hockey. He knows how to control games. He's he can quarterback plays so easily and he just makes it makes the game fluid for the Avalanche, and I think that's that's a, a major factor in, in winning their cup. Without him, they they would be in a very difficult position, I think. They should be very talented, but you, you won't see, like, a 7-0 game without him. No, right, right. And I think looking at Colorado's lines, I wouldn't really change anything. <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't change their forward group. I wouldn't change their defense. Maybe if they wanted to upgrade at goalie, they could, but if they feel Kemper's the guy... I'm not going to say... I mean, now salary cap, you'll have to, like, figure out. Sure. It's not going to stay the same forever because guys are wanting more money. But the more you can keep right now, maybe just add depth right. for injuries, the better, really. So, um, right. I think I think that's all I want to get out of the Stanley Cup. Um, you have anything else you want to add on we can discuss? Or should we move to the next? I I completely agree with you with, with what the Avalanche should do. I think, you know, the saying goes, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh they they want a cup. They have not not they don't have a star goalie, but they have a goalie that you know that can And they have the star players not, up front and right. on the fence. So. Right. They have they have stars up front, so they don't necessarily need another all star goalie. Uh they won the cup with, you know, maybe like, you know, maybe top fifteen, twenty goalie, like very average goalie. You know, nothing. Good right goalie, about, good goalie. If, I won't you know, shit on Kevin. You don't want to explode the cap. You don't want to explode the cap if right. you don't have to and buy an unnecessary piece that'll just end up costing in the future. Right, right. I don't think really there's any f- flaw that this team really had five on, especially five on five. I think they're fine. Right. Um, well, I think the Stanley Cup portion of this is done, but uh, <clears throat> we got new coaches already. Well, we're not even, uh, <laughs> what is it, four days after the Stanley Cup now? Is it yeah. Monday? Well, Monday, Tuesday, three days, okay. Oh, we were having this during the playoffs. So, I guess the first big news, um, it's actually, I guess, the non-hire or the uh, announcement that Barry Trotz, former Islanders coach, is not coaching uh, next year. He says um, he turned down the offer from the Philadelphia Flyers and his hometown, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, The reason is for personal issues, as he wants to spend more time with his family. Um... And you know what? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If he co- coaches every right, if he's not employed to take a year off, mm-hmm. so be it. Um, this guy, he's one of the best coaches ever. Anyway, he's third in wins, um, mm-hmm. second in coaches, co- second in games coached. I should say behind uh, Scotty Bowman, and I think uh, he's got nine hundred fourteen career victories. Um, that's third all time, right behind number one Scotty Bowman, number two Joel Quinville. Um, he's a two-time Jack Adams Award winner. Let's not forget this. Um, let Let's just not forget. Like, it, it sucks that the teams are going to miss out on Trotz this year, who need a coach. Like, there's nothing they can do. But he would have right. obviously been like first, like choice. Like, if if he were like actually going to be somewhere, every team that wanted needed a coach sh- sh- um, should have definitely made a phone call to him. Um, the uh, let Let's not forget that this guy took. Ovechkin to his only Stanley Cup ever, um, right. and then he he left, and mm-hmm. the Capitals. I don't think they've won a playoff series since. If I'm, you could fact check me on that. But after, I don't. I don't think they have. I, I think, think it's been a bunch of round one been, exits. Yeah, and I think it's, it's definitely been a bunch of round ones, including this year. I mean, they they just haven't been able to put it together. So. Coincidence? I mean, obviously, or... coaches have a big impact on games, and without Trotz, they weren't able to do it. You know, I mean, he, him not having it, you know, finding, not really finding a team, but him taking a year off. Um, you know, in my personal opinion, if you know, he's he's one of the you know coaches that that will go to hockey hall of fame. Right. Yeah. Amazing oh, no coach. Gosh. I remember but, after you know, I'm just, after Washington, he 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 let, he took the Islanders to back to back Eastern Conference Finals, and then. Right. Just because they made the playoffs, didn't make the playoffs this year. Lou Lamarello cut him, said goodbye, mm-hmm. which I guess was kind of the shocking move because I didn't really think it was his fault. No, not at all. But 
I guess, you know, let him spend time with his family. Um, I think that was probably the the biggest shocker, him not committing to any team. Um, I'm not saying – no question do I think he's going to – he'll come back in a year or two. He'll, he'll come back. I hope so. Um, and whatever team lands him, just know they're going to automatically be good. Yeah. I, that, that's just my opinion. Um, we they do have a chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Any team that you chance of winning the Stanley Cup with him, yeah. as long as they have a formidable, formidable team with him, coaching, and they'll probably win a Stanley Cup. Um, yeah. We do have some new coaches and new uh, face, uh, new faces and new places already though. Um, former Boston Bruce coach Bruce Cassidy ends up in the Vegas Golden Knights. Hire uh, Bruce Cassidy. Um, mm. It didn't take too long as. He, he got fired after the end of the year. Um, and Vegas, who fired their coach, Pete DeBoer, um, still yep. unemployed Pete DeBoer. Um, it was decided, you know what? You got, we missed the playoffs. We're going to blame coach. Although I don't really think it was a coach problem. But um, Bruce Cassidy comes in. And, you know, Cassidy is... Uh, he led the playoffs to uh, he led the Bruins to six straight playoff appearances, um, and he was uh, I don't think he ever won a Stanley Cup, but he did go to a Cup final. So yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, do I think it was a good move for Vegas? Um, no, and it's not to say Bruce Cassidy is a bad coach. Now, here's my argument to why they should have not fired or fired Pete DeBoer and go get Bruce Cassidy because I think Vegas is changing it up too much because they've only been in the league five years right yeah and he's their third coach because remember at first it was Gallant who they let go and now he's mm-hmm. with the Rangers right then it was Pete DeBoer who they let go this year and now it's Bruce Cassidy you can never really develop players not that they really need development they are a pretty um they they sh- they should be a playoff team. On paper, they are a playoff team. Like they really yeah. shocked me that they didn't go to the playoffs. That was probably they're probably the biggest disappointment in the league. But to say to to say that they sh- they they need a new coach again, it, if you keep rehiring coaches, chance and you have the same general manager and the same I don't want to say the same team as you keep changing players, but if you have the same general manager. Chances are, it really isn't the coach's fault. If we if we keep seeing the same general manager and the same patterns, because they've they've actually gone worse and worse ever since their first year, right. and I don't know how many coaches you can go through. I guess three doesn't sound like a lot, but three in five years does. You have three, three coaches. Three in five years for a new franchise, you know, a freshly built franchise. And, it, where and it's not like I this think- team has ever, you know, said, "Hey, we're gonna rebuild." Like they they were like going for it year one. They shocked the world. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, and they were, they were. This is the only they time they never made the playoffs. Right. So, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of just keep recycling coaches. Um, now, if you need to be fired because you're bad for a while, yeah, you could fire a coach. That's I'm all, I'm all I I understand that. But if you're just gonna re keep recycle the same coaches, and you know try and do the same things general manager wise. Maybe don't uh, go all in for uh, $10 million guys with back injuries, uh, Jack Eichel. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying Eichel's bad, but, you know, maybe that's what messed them up. I don't know what messed them up. They they, they never go through this. It's, it's like Vegas. You, you play there half a year and you get traded. Right. So, it's like the recycle. Like, you got, you know, there's this thing called chemistry where you might know people or want to play harder. So, mm-hmm. That's the slightly uh, important in the game of hockey. Yeah, it, it might be. It, it might be, but we'll move. We'll move on from the uh, Vegas news. Um, speaking of Boston's old coach, how about their? They may have not retain the coach, but Don Sweeney, Boston Bruins general manager, signs an extension. Um. Well, I don't think Boston fans are too pleased on that. But first off, I don't really think it was Bruce Cassidy's fault. Um. I guess uh, I guess we can. I read something in the Boston. Uh, I think it was the Boston Globe yesterday because I I like to do these. Uh, maybe maybe it wasn't the Boston Globe, but it 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 was 
Boston reporters, and they they named the former Boston player Cam Neely, who's president of hockey operation, and Don Sweeney. Uh-huh. They they call him the um the famous coach killers, because it seems every time there's a problem, it's never it's not Bruce Cassidy's fault, it's not Claude Julien's fault, it's general man, it's or it's not our fault, it's their fault, and no offense, like. I can point out, if you look at Boston's history, you can point out to, a, like, they've done some well things. Like, they developed a goalie this year, Swayman. They, they got McAvoy. Mm-hmm. They, he was their own pick. Um, they're re-signing Bergeron. They, they have Marsha, and they drafted Pasternak. Great moves. Like, great. Like, they're doing great. Like, they've done some yep. good things. But there's also a bunch of fuck-ups. Um, 2015, uh, or not 2015, um, Jesus well, because that was Peter Shirelli, but Don Sweeney, like, he hasn't made a whole lot of changes to this organization where it's, like, he hasn't really gotten them over the hump, and, like, how do you, how does Boston defend bringing him back? Like, what, what is the, what, what, what's the, what's the thing that he's done to put them over the top? Because I, I can't think of right. anything. I think that Boston is built to be a Stanley Cup contender every year. They need somebody in in their upper management to get them over that over that mm-hmm. uh, that hump. It's like they're they're the tip of the iceberg right now. Really, really, really stacked team. I I, I think they're developing their goalie. I think they'll they'll be they're constantly a Stanley Cup threat. Obviously, they'll make the playoffs. I think you can but, you can you can find stars like the Bruins have. And that's probably what gets them to the playoffs every single year. Right. They're, they're star players. But when you don't get the depth from draft picks or depth from trades or signings that are good. Right. Um, and that's all, that all falls on upper management. So Yeah. So maybe uh, don't always recycle the coaches here. But, um, I, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's, I don't, I don't want to ever say it's not a coach's fault. But... I feel like they get scapegoated way too much. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you do realize, I understand that there there are times when you could clearly see a, a coach is awful. Like, if, you, if you're like 10 and, what, 10 and 72 or whatever, or, or you, if you have like 15 wins, and you have a pretty decent team, you can kind of attribute that to coaching. Right. But if you have a well-constructed team and... It's kind of like you're you're getting to the same place each year. Well, maybe the team's not good enough, and the coaches don't. They don't. They don't. Some. I mean, coaches do have input in some teams, um, managerial upper management decisions, the player personnel. But at the end of the day, it's it's either the general manager or the president of hockey operations that really are the guys that make the make the decisions. They have their squad, they have their analytics people, and. You know what? I I don't understand I don't understand the process of just recycling coaches um just because your team right. isn't good enough. So maybe right. maybe uh Vegas and Boston should uh run on something. <laughs> I don't even think Boston doesn't even have their coach yet. Right. If if they were so quick to fire Bruce Cassidy and guys are getting hired, who's the guy that's better than Bruce Cassidy? Can't name him. Can't name him right now. I mean, I mean, you could. It's, it's possible there's someone, but there wasn't a definitive right. answer. Right. There's, there's not. That's my point. Answer. That's my point. Um, right. And then the other coaching news. I feel the more uh, other important coaches news. Another guy that got recycled. Um, a little bit. This one was a little confusing for a different reason, though. Florida Panthers hire ex Winnipeg Jets coach uh, coach Paul Maurice. Um, he replaces the interim coach Andrew Burnett, who. I don't think he was did any bad because he took over for Quinville in the scandal, and he mm-hmm. did a decent job considering they won the presidents. But, mm-hmm. um, did I think he deserved a chance to stay? Yes, he proved it. But mm-hmm. this is a for the uh, general manager. Um, I think it's Bill Zito. Yeah, he's their uh, general manager. Um, you know, you're really taking a chance here because. You know, if this doesn't work, 
then you have to, you know, then you're, you're kind of getting pressured to uh, blow up this team a little because, right. um, well, I do I think the Florida Panthers are anywhere, just looking up there, uh, I was trying to look at their lines in free agents, but I just take a look at their lines. Um, do I think they're anywhere near a Stanley Cup? They could be. It's they won the presidents for a reason. Do I think mm-hmm. they have flaws? Most definitely. Um, preferably, I think um, the defense is not good enough because when mm-hmm. Aaron Ekblad went down, guy considered for the Norris, um, there wasn't a another number two defenseman to help out. Um, you had remember that Mackenzie Weger goal where he just let Kucherov. He left him alone in right. front of the net. Well, you can't have that. So, um, I think the forward group is good. I think you have your goalie in Spencer Knight. you, you got to get rid of Bobrovsky's contract, though. It's like $10 million. Oh, yeah. That's not really a yep. coach's job. Um, get another number two defenseman if you can. Maybe another mm-hmm. top four guy. Because you do. You could, because I don't think the plan is to go put Ben Sherratt next to Aaron Ekblad for the remainder of the year, next year. Right, right. Schrock could be a top six defenseman, but he should not be a top two pairing yeah. guy. So, right. Um, that's really, you know, again, general managers. So, so far we have um, a couple coaching moves and none that I like. Um, here, here's the one I actually will like. You ready for this? The oh, big, yeah. The big one. Flyers to hire John Tortorella as the next head coach. And I like I it. I love that. I, I, I know it's saying I know he's a crazy guy. Believe me, I, I he coached the Rangers year like years ago. But um You know what? Sometimes I, I really do think it's whatever it's the coach that really gets his players to play best and to buy into a sort certain system. And Tortorella plays defense, and for those who didn't watch Flyers hockey last year, what were the Flyers bad at? Defense. Ding, 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 ding. They were, they were probably one of the worst defensive teams. Um, they still have Carter Hart in the net, who it's weird because he had a bad year last year. Mm-hmm. But how do you judge a goalie when his team's that bad in front of him? Right. Like, if... If you're if you're Carter Hart, and you just got this defensive mining coach, you're like you should be excited, like you like you should be jumping through the roof. And also, right. you got you got guys in the you actually have some defensemen. You have Ryan Ellis coming back from injury because Philly was banged up this year. Ryan Ellis coming back. You got uh, Sanheim. Uh, you got Provorov. Oh no, not Sanheim. Um, it's Pro Roberts. I I forget. I gotta look at the Flyers lines now because, see, after all the uh, non-playoff teams, I forget their lines. And I try not to think of the Flyers, but <laughs> well, they weren't. They didn't really give much to think about. Um, I know the Flyers. There's already rumors they want to trade James Van Riemsdyk up front. Yep. But on defense, you got Provorov. You do. You still have Sanheim. You're gonna get Ryan Ellis back. Um, you're gonna get. Ristolainen back, although he had a pretty bad year. But maybe mm-hmm. under Tortorella, he does better. You never know. Um, he, he, we had, they had players out, um, like Sean, Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Guys were, uh, guys were uh, banged up. You still got Kevin Hayes up front. You got Konechny up front. You know, you got Farabee up front. So you got some talent on the team. Um, it's just a matter... You got a top pick this year. Actually... No, you don't. Did they trade the first for uh, Ristolainen? That would be that would be interesting. Let me let me. Look Did, I don't up, remember so. what they gave up for him, but um. Let's see. Yeah, they did right. So they they traded the pick. They traded the pick. Okay, so never mind. They don't have a top pick this year, but you know what? They uh, actually no, they do. They do. They're the 14th pick? Fifth pick. Oh, all right. So they traded the 14th pick. No, no, no. Hold up. Nope. No. Was that not it? No. Where did they? 
Oh, they only... Did they give only a second for... What did they hold up? Why am I... Am I thinking of last year's draft? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I, I thought they gave a first for him, but... Um, yep, Philadelphia. Uh, it It's... I think to what Torts needs to do... If you look at the Flyers' history, I think he needs to bring back the Broad Street Bullies. Like, I, I think... And I think you need a coach that needs your teams to get mean and nasty. Um, and just trying out physical... Like, be more physical than them. That's what Torts wants. He doesn't like... Torts has said it publicly. He doesn't like this fancy-schmancy fancy jumbo shit. Now, he might not be a coach's player, but at least he'll have a system where uh, you can get... You can lock down and buy in. Right. I think that if he... If he accomplishes that with with his team, um, it will be it, it might not win any you know awards. It might still be middle of the pack for the Flyers, but it will be an improvement, and it it, it will it won't be like the Flyers are laughing matter anymore. I mean, a lot of teams aren't as physical as they once were, especially with the younger guys. As you mentioned, you know, you mentioned this in a in a previous podcast before that there's a lot of younger guys, a lot more skilled guys. So if you can bring a team that's, you know, the Broad Street Bullies, super physical team, plays plays on the boards, plays hits, you know, can, can hit very well and is scrappy, I think they can be a successful team. And they have this, they have they definitely have talent to make the playoffs. You know, if they if Tortorella is able to take that team and mold them into a more physical team and, you know, I just just lock it down defensively. Teams. Like exactly, lock like, it down defensively. I feel like they, they do have some guys, but you know they they couldn't keep the puck out of that last year. They couldn't score because half their team was injured. Like you put Torello back there, and hopefully Carter Hart can like bounce back. That's the big question mark. But I think he can like, make it easier. Make, make it, it easier for, for your goal. Make least. it easier for a younger goalie. Like why not? Like I don't think it's too much to ask. Um, maybe I'm wrong though. Who knows? Well, time will only tell. <laughs> time will only tell. All right, I guess this is the uh, part where. Savannah, are we ready for a Rangers recap? Oh, yeah, I'm super happy for this. Not not necessarily the playoff part of it, but I'm, I'm definitely ready for this Rangers recap. Well, this year we didn't we didn't bet on anything, unfortunately. I would have won. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I would have won, unfortunately for you, unfortunately for me. But, you know, my New York Rangers, I really thought they had a chance this year, especially after taking the 2-0 series against the Lightning. Now, did I ever think we would have a chance against the Avs? No way in hell. No way in hell. Um, At least you're honest about it. <laughs> very honest, but it it's it stunk. Like I, like I can't get mad that they lost to the Lightning, at all, um, because we couldn't score in Vasilevsky. Um, Stamkos killed us. That, I think that was Stamkos' best series, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was a maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, he quietly had a great year, and we you know what we just. We just we just didn't get the bounces our way, um, and after game two, after game three of the third period, I feel like the whole series just changed. I don't think there was another game where we were like the clear better team, and it was like, oh, I was like, yep, there it is. There's the wall they hit. They hit this continuous wall of being not able to score, not able to win puck battles, um, and and I guess Tampa like after the first those two games. They kind of figured the tendencies of players because I could just tell, like, you know, there are certain guys that just disappear um, in the blue shirt uniform. And they really they really did a great job of suffocating the Rangers because they are not... Rangers are fast, but they're not as quick team like the Lightning. Um, and for that, I commend Tampa for beating the brakes off. Um, because they they are also more skilled than us. Rangers are a very skilled team, but Tampa's way more like they have the way more skill, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? But I'm not mad. The Rangers are a very young team. Um, I think they had there was a time where they had five first rounders. How many first round picks do they have that they drafted this year? Like play on the te- play on the team. They had Kako, Lafreniere. Heedle's a first rounder. Keandre mm-hmm. Noah's a first rounder. Raiden Schneider's a first rounder, so that's five. Um 
And I'm, I'm talking about young guys. I'm not talking about a Chris Kreider, who's like a veteran. I'm just trying to think, and that's it. They like that five first round picks playing like, and all and all getting pretty good minutes too. Like not no, um, bad minutes. So you have the youth going for them. You have the uh, next Nicholas Cronwell and Jacob Truba. The Truba train just running on the tracks. I, I, every series, he laid a big hit on someone, and he hurt people. Mm-hmm. And were his hits clean? Yes. I don't think there was really a dirty hit. I know you probably think differently because of the Crosby hit, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that, that's hockey. Things are going to happen, so... I mean, it happens. He was out of game, Crosby, yeah. but... Truba, yeah. he, he nailed him. He nailed Max Domi. He nailed a couple guys throughout the year. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen the highlight reel, you can ask uh, Chicago forward Jujar Kara. He got stretchers off. Um, oh, yeah. So, you got him. He's locked up. Like I said, young guys like Keandre Miller had a great playoff run. Can't really uh, get mad at him. I think he's going to be the next star on the team defensively. Just what like he like I, I think he he really took his game to another level. This is only his. Everyone forgets like how young they are. Like this is Miller's second year in the league, mm-hmm. and he was playing top four minutes. So yeah. I'm not really mad at that. Um, and then you have the veterans up front like Zabanajad, um, and how about Kreider? What a year for him! Fifty two goals. Um, he's yeah, a little streaky in the playoffs, yeah, but. And everyone keeps saying, like, oh, he can't replicate that. And I'm not saying he is, but what if he hits, if he hits like, 35, 40 goals? Is that a bad year? I'll take that. I'm not going to complain. Um, and so, hell of a season for him. Now, and, and also, um, like, the kid line, I, I, Lafreniere really, like, I was starting to get worried at one point in the year because I'm like, all right, well, We'll get into the the reason, the major reason I'm worried, but Lafreniere really showed me he was a different player. So did Heedle, but Lafreniere had a very good playoff run, um, and he looked like he looked like okay, this kid, this kid still has a chance to be really something special. So a lot going right for them, and then of course Shesterkin, Vesna winner. Congrats to him. So I'm I'm not gonna forget the goalie. Here's the uh, big thing with the Rangers, right? I think there's a little bit of a scoring problem. Now, they have the guys that can score. But after Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider, and maybe Andrew Kopp. I could throw Kopp in there. He wasn't to the cup caliber as those three. After those three, right? If they don't score, boy, it is really hard to, to create offense. Um I think Strom is a free agent. I think he can go. I've done with the Ryan Strom train. Um, I like the addition of Cop and Vetrano. Maybe those guys can stay. I like the kids, except I think I'm moving on from Capo Caco. The number two pick back in 2018. Was it 18 or 19? Whatever year it was. He just doesn't do it for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a great World Juniors, and I think that really helped his draft stock. But I think he fooled the Rangers, and I don't. And maybe he's a late boomer. He could pass. He could skate, but he's soft. He doesn't contribute offensively, and it's it's very it's it's saddening to see him not develop like Heedle or Lafreniere in these playoffs. Like I, I I I clearly when I watch the kid line, everyone's like, "Oh, the kid line's doing great." I'm like, in my head, well, two thirds of the kid line is great. Like, I think Heedle played great, and I think Lafreniere played great when they were on fire. But I don't think Kako was anything special, in my opinion. But that's just my... Um, so would you say that there's a significant drop-off from, from those top three scores on the Rangers that the Rangers need to work on for next season? Yeah, they need, they need a second-line center for sure, whether that's Cop or someone else. I don't know. And they need a, another centerman that can take face-offs. Because, God, they are terrible at taking face-offs. They were... I remember oh, yeah. The Carolina series, they were mm-hmm. dreadful. So, it was yeah. not easy to watch. But um, I think that's the biggest area of concern for the Rangers. Maybe a backup goalie, too. But maybe a second-line center, other than 
Just not Ryan Strom, please. No more Ryan Strom. <laughs> I've done. I'm done with the um, the guy who can't finish. I'm sorry. Right. Just no more, please. <laughs> That's what he said, but <laughs> well, the guy who can't finish. Yeah. Well. I mean, no one ever, no one's ever said that to me, but just you know, putting that out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we're like over an hour in. Are we uh, calling this a wrap for this one? If you'd like to, I mean, we we've got seven. Seven minutes and forty-five seconds, forty now. Do you but, want to wrap up the Penguins here, or what? Might as well. I think we should. We can save that for for another day. Okay, I mean, I'll be fair. That's a whole that. you, you might want to talk I mean, more about <laughs> what happened. That's gonna take a lot more than seven minutes to discuss, but. <laughs> Mal- Malkin, I mean, yeah, Malkin I, I can do that turn. at some point down the line. I mean, I think this was a great podcast, so I think we can call it here. All right. Well, I mean. I guess we're going to stop the recording. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Episode 20 is going to come out in the next day or two. Just have to re-edit this and see you all out there for the next episode. Have a good one, guys. Take care, everybody. Stay safe.